1: This is episode seven on the Merry Biz podcast with Melissa Ambrosini. Welcome to Merry Biz. Get inspired to live your best life and learn what it takes to create an epic business from the world's most amazing entrepreneurs. We're your hosts, Emma and Carla Pappas. Let's get our Merry Biz on. Today's guest is author, entrepreneur, motivational speaker and self-love teacher. She's showing other women how to master their inner mean girl, smash through limiting beliefs and ditch the self-doubt with a mission to inspire women across the globe to create a heart-centered life that is wildly wealthy, fabulously healthy, and bursting with love. Welcome to Meribiz, Melissa Ambrosini. That is the most upbeat, energetic intro I've ever
0: had, and I loved it.
1: We're so excited to have you on the show, and the first question we ask all our guests is... What has been on your agenda today? Great question. Well, it
0: is the morning right now and uh, I've got a couple more interviews after you guys for my book because um, as you guys know, I've just recently launched Mastering Your Mean Girls. So there's lots of interviews, which is fun. And then my beautiful mum is in town. So I'm going to pick her up and we're going to go have a mummy daughter lunch because she doesn't live in the same city as me. So I am going to soak up as much um, time with her as I physically can. It's actually really, really nice to be able to have lunch with her. Um, you know, lots of people probably take that for granted, but I'm really excited to do that with her today. And then I've got some more interviews this afternoon and I've got to write a couple of articles for a few different magazines and publications. And then this afternoon, um, later this afternoon, I'll have a medi before dinner and then I'm going out to an event tonight. That's
1: amazing. It's so nice that you get to spend time with your mom. Yes. It sounds like the most amazing day ever.
0: Oh, I know. It's so nice. Like it honestly, you know, it's so nice to have her here and, uh to just be able to do that. We
1: love our mum too. We love having lunch with her and spending heaps of time with her. So let's get into the questions. We know that you now run a super successful online business with multiple income streams as well as a published author now and we'll get into that. But let's go back to where it all began. God, how many hours do we have?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it all started back in 2010, I hit rock bottom and ended up in hospital with a whole host of health issues. And I go into depth in about this in my book, but before I landed in hospital, I was a professional dancer. I danced at the Moulin Rouge in Paris and I did some acting and TV presenting and a little bit of modeling and things like that. Um, and I started performing from the age of three. So it was all I knew. And Growing up and all through primary school, all through high school, I was the performer. I was dance captain at school and drama captain. And it's what I loved and really lit me up. And I went on to do it professionally after school. And I went to the Moulin Rouge in Paris and lived in London for two years and worked on the West End there and traveled all over the world. But I was really burning the candle at both ends. I had no idea how to nourish myself. I thought Starbucks large mocha frappuccinos with extra cream and caramel sauce were healthy because I was using light milk. And I was living off fast food canapes. I was drinking you know, every night, partying, not getting enough sleep. I had no idea what self-love was. I flogged my body at the gym out of fear of what I looked like, and there was literally no candle left to burn. Um, I was very, although on the outside it looks like I had a really glamorous, amazing life, on the inside I was really dying. I was depressed. I had an eating disorder and I was very unhappy and unwell. And for about two years I ignored a lot of warning signs for me to stop and slow down and kind of look within. And it took the universe going, right, girlfriend, if you're not going to get these little nudges that we're giving you, we're going to have to give you a slap across the face. And it did. And I ended up in hospital with, like I mentioned, a whole host of health issues from adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, um, mineral and vitamin deficiencies, high levels of mercury, depression and eating disorder, SIBO, candida, um, you know, acne, eczema, um, but the, the, the final straw for me was I got the cold sore virus really, really badly. And I'd never had a cold sore before in my life. But because my immune system was so suppressed, um, it just exacerbated the virus. And I had cold sores all over my face, like literally all over my face under my eyes and in my mouth and down my throat like I couldn't open my mouth I couldn't talk I couldn't drink or anything I couldn't eat and if that is not a big enough warning sign from the freaking universe I don't know what is um it's like it's like the universe was like right if you're not gonna stop and listen I'm just gonna plaster it across your face so that you do stop and listen and I did and and you know although that was the hardest and darkest point in my life, there was a tiny glimmer of hope. And I knew that if I sorted my health and my life out, that I'd live an amazing life beyond my wildest dreams. I had no idea how to do that in that moment, but I just knew that I could do it. It's like there was this tiny pin hair of hope deep within that was like, you can do this, you can do this. And so I followed that. And Uh, a friend gave me Louise Hayes, you can heal your life when I was in hospital and I had no idea what this self-love business Louise was talking about, but I knew I didn't have any. And from there the seed was planted. After that, I became totally obsessed in the personal development best self world. I read every spiritual book I could get my hands on and learned from the great teachers of like Deepak Chopra, Eckhart Tolle, Maryam Williamson, Louise Hay. And I just totally immersed myself in this world. And it's like, I found my home. I was like, Oh my God, because up until then, I always felt like I didn't fit in anywhere. Like at school, I was always different. I always like stood out, but not, not it didn't make me comfortable. Like I always felt like I was really, really different. And then when I finished school, I partied just because that's what everyone else did. And it didn't feel right for me. And I just ignored that. But diving into this world of yoga and spirituality and meditation and self-love and following your passion and purpose, I felt like I had come home. And I was like, oh my God, this is where I belong. And all of those years of trying to be someone I'm not and trying to um, look a certain way had finally just dissolved and I could step into my true authentic self. And it has been the most rewarding six years um, from there. And I started, after that, I started a blog and I just started sharing what I was learning and remembering and realizing and I studied holistic health coaching and life coaching, meditation, yoga teacher training, acu energetics, and I just immersed myself in this world and started coaching clients one on one and wrote my first ebook, and it all snowballed from there. I've now got a best-selling book, Mastering Your Mango. I speak all around the world, inspiring women, and I have epic transformational online programs and products like meditations and online e-courses and different e-books and things like that to help and inspire women and it's you know people are very quick to kind of look and go well she's a she's an overnight success and we're very quick to do that but I've been working my ass off since 2010 and it's definitely not been an overnight success.
1: Wow. So it's been a pretty huge journey and you've gone through a lot of bad stuff, a lot of negativity, but you've turned it into something amazing. So through it all, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned?
0: I guess for me, it was the realization that without your health, you can't do anything. Like you can't get out of bed and pursue your dreams. You can't meditate. You can't do yoga. So like the health is the bedrock. It is the cornerstone, the foundation of everything. So for me, self-care became number fricking one. It became my number one priority and some people go, some people think that's selfish but self-care and self-love is not selfish. In order for you to show up as the best version of yourself, you need to fill yourself up first. Otherwise, you're showing up to the world as the shitty half-assed version of you and your family, your partner, your husband, your kids, your friends, your sister – They don't deserve the shitty, cranky, half-assed version of you. They deserve the full, present, overflowing with love, bursting with love version of you.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, it's so important to put your health first so you can be the best version for everyone else around you and, of course, yourself. So you spoke a lot about self-love, but... I mean, some of our listeners probably have never even heard that term before. So what could you suggest would be the first step that they could take? What would be the first thing to start when you're embarking on this self-love journey? The first
0: step is the realization and awareness around choosing love over fear. It's a very simple concept and it's the first chapter in my book for a reason. Um, it is a very, very simple concept. Um, for people who have never heard about self love and self care usually are the people pleasers and the ones that are are very quick to suppress how they're feeling and put everyone else before them. Um, but and that's that's a beautiful thing to do nice things for other people, but only if it's coming from a place of love. Only do it because you're bursting to, to do it, not because you think you should do it. There's a difference. And it's about really honoring yourself and choosing love over fear. And you can choose love over fear in every moment, in every situation. So for someone who's just brand new, Yeah. Looking at your life, looking at your day and kind of making a mental note or even writing it down, okay, am I eating this out of love or fear? Am I going to this job out of love or fear? Am I in this relationship out of love or fear? Am I going to the gym out of love or fear? Am I doing the dishes out of love or fear? It's very, very simple concept but it's not always easy because we are hardwired by the society that we live in to for fear-based living and fear-based mentality. It's drilled into us for a very young age. Yeah. Mm. But it's something that we have to unlearn and come back to our true essence, which is love.
1: Yeah, I really like this concept of using, you know, choosing love over fear in all instances of your day. Like your example of the washing up thing. I love that. I'm totally going to start doing that. Yeah, but you'll never wash up again. (laughs) Anyway, let's get on to our next question. So in your book, you talk about this thing called comparisonitis, and I loved this concept, and we would love you to go into it a little bit more. I used to suffer from chronic comparisonitis.
0: And it is your mean girl's way of keeping you stuck in feet out. And for those people who don't know what your mean girl is, let me just give you a little brief um, description. Your mean girl is that voice inside your head that says you're not good enough pretty enough, skinny enough, fast enough, smart enough? Who do you think you are writing a book? Who do you think you are following your dreams, etc. And we all have that voice inside our head. And for the fellas, you know, it's your bad boy. And every single person has an ego. You can call it your mean boy, your mean girl, um, the ego, the inner critic, the smaller self, whatever you want to call it. But for me, mean girl resonates and I love it. Every single person has, one of, has this voice inside their head and it's really about using her as a compass to return back to your truth, which is love. And one of her biggest tricks is comparing you to others to keep you stuck in fear town, which is in your head. I remember comparing myself from the age of like four or three Five. yeah you know what I mean and we it is hardwired into our social conditioning to compare and now especially with social media and you know tv and the internet and magazines and billboards and all those sorts of things we uh, constantly surrounded by it. And what your mean girl does is she latches on to those little weak spots. So she, if she knows you have a little weak spot around, you know, what so-and-so looks like, she's going to latch onto that and run for the hills with that. So that's something to be really, really mindful of and to be aware of. Um, but and, and being mindful of the fact that that's one of her games, it's one of her tricks. So whenever you catch yourself in comparison mode, simply letting it go and returning back to your truth instead. And often, you know, for me when I first started out, when I found myself comparing, I would co- go and compliment that person instead. Yeah, I would compliment that person on, you know, if I was comparing, um, you know, my body or I – or um, an outfit or something like that, I would go up and I say, you know what? I absolutely love that dress on you. You look so beautiful and, and be authentic about it. Yeah, I love that, you know, and, um, compliment that person on that instead of feeling jealous or, um, envious of that person. So turning it around, it's about turning it around. Whenever you catch your mean girl, turn it around. It's a very, simple thing to do, but it's not always easy.
1: Oh, we really, really love this message. Um, early on in our business, we realized that all this comparing was just getting us nowhere, especially in the world of Instagram. It seems like, you know, all those photos, all that, that stuff going on, you really do get stuck in comparing. And we set that rule that comparison is the thief of joy. Exactly. And it just really turned everything around for us. Don't you reckon, Carl? Yeah, 100%. When did you decide that you wanted to turn this into you know, your full-time thing? Was there a moment where you were like, oh, I can make this a business?
0: I'm just trying to remember if I had that exact realization. It was more, for me, it was more following a feeling. When I first started, I was like, okay, I'm just going to start a blog and I'm going to start sharing. Okay, that feels good. And okay, well, now I want to write a ebook. That feels good. I'm just going to keep doing that. And I want to coach clients. That feels good. I'm just going to keep following that. And it's like, I kept on following the charm.
1: We love that.
0: And when something didn't feel good, I pulled back and I pivoted quickly.
1: So it sounds like, you know, you really do run your business with that intuition, that gut feeling and following that with every single decision.
0: Totally. My entire business has been built on intuition. That is when you are running a heart-centered business and a heart-centered life and you're teaching women how to create heart-centered businesses and lives that are that are wildly wealthy, fabulously healthy and bursting with love, you've got to walk your talk. And um there's been a couple of times and and one notable example was I was about to go on a national tour around Australia for a live event. Everything was booked, venues, everything. We had all the pages up, the sales pages. People had bought tickets, everything. It was everything up. And I literally woke up one day and I was like, no, 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 no. It always felt icky. I was like, okay, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. It just feels a bit icky and I'm not sure why. And I kind of pondered on it and I just thought, oh, no, it's probably just because I'm not feeling well or – Um, Because at this time, I had some health stuff going on at the same time yeah, that I was going through. So I was like, oh, I'm probably just not feeling well. And I kind of pondered on it and sat with it a little bit. And then it wasn't until my husband sat me down and he said, you don't have to do this. Wow. And it was like he gave me full permission. And I broke down in tears like I was a mess. And I was like, oh, my God, like that's what it was. It wasn't that I wasn't, it was yes, I wasn't feeling well, but he just was like, you don't have to do this. You've got so much going on emotionally and with your health right now. He's like, you don't have to take this on. And I just fully crumbled and, and it was like a weight had lifted off my shoulders and I could fully surrender to what and how I was really feeling, which was not very energetic and, and a little bit, um, you know overwhelmed and and not feeling my best so i pulled the pin and i shared with my tribe and everyone was just you know so supportive and amazing which was really really lovely yeah beautiful but i think you know when you are running a heart centered business authenticity is key and speak your truth is absolutely key and i it's something that i really value is one of my core business values, is authenticity.
1: Yeah, we totally get what you mean. I mean, we've had those moments where we've felt those feelings, but we haven't acted on them. Yeah, and then afterwards we'll be like, "Ah, I knew something was weird about that. And then Carla would say the same. Yeah, except we never voiced it to each other. So now we definitely try and live like this each and every day. I mean, you still fall back, Mm -hmm. but we try as much to voice that gut feeling. yeah, So important. So back to your book, you talk about this whole, you know, human shrinking and putting clouds over ourselves when really we should be celebrating. And we absolutely love this. We're all about celebrating our wins. Do you have some tools that perhaps you could share with our listeners so they can make sure that they're celebrating their lives?
0: Oh yeah. It's, um, again, something that's conditioned into us is to, oh no, don't be too shiny. Don't be, don't be too shiny. Don't stand out too much. Don't stand out too much. Come back into the box. And all of our schooling life, we are conditioned to fit into this tiny little box. And they want everyone to be, you know, be standard students. If you're too intelligent, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, you're a bit too shiny. And if you're a bit not doing as well as you would have liked, it's like you're boxed as, as dumb or slow or not smart enough. And it's like constantly through primary school and high school, we're trying to fit you into this damn box. And it really pees me off. And, you know, I have a nine year old stepson and he goes to an, you know, an all boys school and it's very much, you know, it's a normal school. You know, they're boxing you in. So we are constantly nurturing his unique gifts and we're constantly inspiring him to follow them because if he suppresses them, you know, um, it'll come back later in life. So we're constantly inspiring him to, you know, follow that charm. Like I said, we are conditioned to not be too shiny. And for me, this is something that I remember again, like as early as, Four years old, maybe even, yeah, four or five when I was in preschool and kindergarten, suppressing my truth and my shininess. Um, And I remember dimming my light from that young. And then I did it all through primary school. I did it in high school. And then I did it after high school until I got to the point where I was like, stuff this. Like, life is too short. And now I'm like, okay, goody, what? can I celebrate today? I, I, you know, I meditated twice, bring it on. Amazing. Like, or, okay. Um, you know, we just sold more tickets to mastering your mean girl tour. Amazing. Like it's about celebrating the big and the little wins all the time and not suppressing your truth. And do you know what? To be totally honest, I find, I catch my mean girl still doing it now. And just so you're aware, yes, I have mastered my mingle, but I still continue to master her every single day. I master her daily, moment to moment. So I'm not proclaiming to be enlightened. Absolutely not. If I was, I wouldn't be in this physical form. I would have transcended to another place by now. So I am definitely still on my own journey. Um, But for me, I catch my mingle all the time. And it's just about a gentle reminder. Oh, okay. There. Hi, man girl. I can see you're trying to dim my light here, but you know what? I am freaking amazing and I want to shine right now. And, you know, I used to be very uncomfortable with people giving me compliments um, and I'd always dismiss them or um, just say, "Mm, Oh yeah, but you look beautiful. And now when someone pays me a compliment, I say, thank you so much. And I really feel it, like I let the compliments sit and land in my body. Oh,
1: my God, I love this, and it's so true. We really all need to celebrate who we are and be proud of who we are. A hundred percent. Oh, I just love it so much. We're also huge fans of being unbusy, and you talk about this too in your book. We actually recently wrote about it on our blog too. So we'd love you to share with our listeners the tools you use to getting over being busy all the time? Uh,
0: Well, first step is eliminating that word from your vocabulary. Yeah. So there are three words that we don't say in my house and one of them is busy, the other one is should, and the third one is can't.
1: Oh, we absolutely love this. Yeah. So it was can't, should, and busy.
0: Yes. So eliminate those three words from your vocabulary right now. You know, Leo will sometimes say, no, but I can't do that. And I'm like, ah, uh, 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 what did you say? And he's like, well, um, I'm not sure exactly how to put this together. And I'm like, brilliant, let's try together. And uh, it just changes the whole tone of, you know, what you're working on or, um you know, whatever's in front of you. So those three words are definitely eliminated from my vocabulary. So try that first. And again, we live in a society where busyness is worn as a badge of honor. Mm. Everyone is busy. Everyone has to-do lists as long as the Thames. Everyone has things on their plate you know, everyone, we, if you live in a city, you have things to do. You've got places to be. If you run your own business, you're a mom, you, you know, everyone's got stuff to do. It's not a competition. Who is the busiest? And women, especially, women especially kind of wear this as a badge of honor. But for me, it shows, okay. One, one thing, the first thing it shows is like, I actually am like, Oh my God. Like when someone's like, Oh my God, I'm so busy. I'm like, Oh, that's, I feel, I I feel for you, you know, like that sucks because I don't want to move through my day or my life, run off my feet, busy, busy, busy. I choose to move through my day. And these are two of my favorite words with ease and grace. Oh,
1: I love that.
0: And if my, if I can't do something with ease and grace, then I don't do it at all. And, you know, my husband pulls me up on this all the time. He's like, darling, if you can't do the dishes with ease and grace, don't do them. You know? Darling, if you can't work on this or if you can't record this video or if you can't, you know, write this sales page with ease and grace, do not write it. And I won't. I'll get up. I'll walk away. I'll go have a cup of tea or sit in the sun for a minute or dive in the ocean. And then I'll return to it when I'm in a place of ease and grace. Same as, um, you know. Uh, two years ago, I was planning my wedding and I planned my wedding in three months. The, The intention for my wedding was to only work on it from a place of love and ease and grace. And that was because everything I touched to do with the wedding, I wanted to infuse it with love. I didn't want to infuse it with stress and overwhelm. And you know, my mom, up until the day, my mom was like, I actually cannot believe how calm you are. Like it's, just like, you have inspired me and blown me away. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like on the day, literally we got married two years ago um, just before Easter. And on the day of my wedding, I I got up and, you know, um, watched the sunrise with Leo and my husband. And uh, we did some yoga and went for a swim and meditated. And we had a beautiful morning together. And, you know, once the hair and makeup arrived, I, I put my hair in curlers and then I was in the kitchen making raw chocolate Easter eggs.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so sweet! No joke,
0: because it was Easter the next day, and I have I have two beautiful nephews, and obviously my gorgeous little stepson, and uh, I was like, well, okay, I've got to make raw Easter eggs, like because what are they going to eat tomorrow? And we don't eat normal chocolate. So I I was in the kitchen, and my mom just looked at me and just started laughing. And she was like, of course, you're in the kitchen in your bridal gown with your hair in rollers, making broad chocolate. And it was amazing. Like, I was just so chilled. You know, any time that I didn't feel ease and grace. I just backed off and walked away and then came back to it. So coming back to the busy thing, I think it's a choice. Try and eliminate it from your vocabulary. Next time someone asks you, how
1: are you? Tune in and go out and tune into how you're actually feeling. We love that you were like a chilled out bride. Yeah, totally. I mean, we know so many people that seem so stressed leading up to their wedding. Yeah, and it should be like the most happiest day of their life. And the happiest process and time before leading up to the wedding. But it's almost like they just want it to be over before it's even happened. Totally. It's bizarre. And, and uh, you know how
0: there's usually the bridezilla. Everyone was calling me the bride chiller because I was so... <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and it was... It was amazing. It was so much fun. Well, Melissa, it's been absolutely amazing talking with you today and we're so excited to share this with our listeners. Now, we do have one last question for you, but before we get into that, we'd love you to tell Everybody, where they can find more information about you.
0: Well, you can find out everything to do with my book and my book tour, and my meditations, and uh, the Mastering Your Mango Ten Week Activation Program, all at masteringyourmango.com. And for anything else, you can go to MelissaAmbrosini.com and you can find out. I write weekly on there every Thursday. I write beautiful sermons on there. And then I'm on social media, so Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I love Instagram. I share lots of personal, um, a little personal sneak peek in the behind the scenes of my life. On Instagram. We'll
1: add all those links to our show notes. And the very last question that we ask all our guests is, what is the one mantra you're living by right at this moment? On
0: New Year's Day, my husband and I, we always set set up camp in a, our little secret spot on the beach and we kind of write down our intentions and we do a reflection on the year before and we write down intentions and goals for the year ahead. And something that kept on popping up for both of us was the mantra of slow down and we were thinking okay this feels really good slowing down and just slowing down slowing down in everything you do like slowing down with your food slowing down with the meditation like don't oh gotta quickly i've got to meditate before leo wakes up okay sit down okay and press timer and go <laughs> like that's yeah, not really true. you know that's kind of defeating the purpose of the meditation so it's about being more mindful in every step I take, being more present and mindful in everything that I do and just slowing down in everything, being really present with each thing in front of me and staying present in, in the moment. So I think right now, slow down is, is my little mantra.
1: Oh, we love that. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for spending the past half an hour with us on Mary Biz. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear your story and hear more about you. And we just can't wait to share this with our listeners. You
0: are so welcome. And I'm just, I just want to honor you too for all the work that you do in the world and all the people that you're helping and inspiring and for being brave enough to master your own Mean Girls and, and share your mission and vision with the world it's so beautiful to watch and I've loved connecting with you over the past couple of years and uh, I'm just so grateful to share this space with you
1: Thank you so much Melissa Yeah, thank you so much and we feel exactly the same about you You're just amazing an amazing interview thanks again to Melissa we're so excited for next week's episode because we have the one and only Jimmy Moore on Mary Biz and you should listen to the interview. We sing about 20 different times and it's an absolute blast. Now, remember, if you guys want more information about Merry Biz, if you want to grab that free downloadable goal-setting guide, which we know you want it, go and visit sisters.com forward slash biz. That's B-I-Z. That means you'll never, ever miss a new Merry Biz episode.